One of the world's biggest tech companies is pulling every string it can to pull off the biggest gaming deal in history. It's Thursday, March 16th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Microsoft struck a deal with Ukraine-based cloud gaming company Boosteroid to distribute its Xbox games and Activision Blizzard titles, including Call of Duty, as it scrambles to show regulators that they have nothing to fear from the biggest gaming acquisition in history. Let's back up. The second half of 2021 was a bad stretch for Activision Blizzard. In July of that year, the company was sued by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing for essentially being the worst possible version of bro culture. The gaming world, as you may know, has dealt with issues around sexism and harassment for a long time, and Activision, one of the biggest gaming companies in the world, was like the capital city of all of that. The state agency's legal claim was around tolerance and encouragement of harassing behaviors, and it included some really ugly stuff. Apparently men at the company would go on what they called cube crawls, like pub crawls but for cubicles, where they would drink and then go make sexual jokes and even touch women at their cubicles. When a pack of depraved drunk dudes harasses you at a bar, that sucks and it might ruin your night, but at least you can leave the bar. This was at their job, and often the people who should have been cracking down on it were the ones doing it and encouraging it. And when you have that kind of situation, you have to wonder if the people at the top are oblivious or permissive, and here it looks like permissive. In November 2021, the Wall Street Journal reported that company CEO Bobby Kotick had ignored allegations of sexual assault within the company. Employees staged walkouts demanding that Kotick step down, which he did not. He's still CEO. Meanwhile, Activision's stock price, which had peaked in February 2021, had lost nearly half its value by December. And in January, Microsoft pounced. It agreed to buy Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, giving it a massive boost against Sony. It would also give Microsoft a major boost in the mobile market, where it doesn't have a big presence relative to the other big gaming companies. Here's Xbox CEO Phil Spencer laying that out. It's imperative for our business. There's no way that you succeed as a gaming company if you don't have access to mobile players. But there was still one major hurdle to get over before the deal becomes official. Actually, three major hurdles. The US, the UK, and the EU. Regulators in all three are scrutinizing this deal, and they may be seeing it as their one big chance to stop consolidation in the gaming industry. The big argument against consolidation is that it's bad for consumers. With less competition, prices go up, quality standards can atrophy, and in this case, distribution could be limited. Activision Blizzard is a gaming behemoth that has acquired some of the biggest players in the industry, and if you're wondering how they ended up with a name that sounds like they just took two exciting words and stuck them together, it's because two separate companies called Activision and Blizzard Entertainment merged in 2008 and stuck their names together. They produced some of the most popular games in the world, like Diablo, Candy Crush, and especially Call of Duty. The most recent iteration of Call of Duty, called Modern Warfare 2, was released in October and made over $1 billion in revenue in its first 10 days. A huge amount of the attention around this deal has focused on Call of Duty. The distribution deal I mentioned at the top with Booseroid is the third such deal Microsoft has made. The others are with Nintendo and Nvidia. And with each, the press releases and the media coverage have centered on, here's another platform where you will be able to play Call of Duty. But it's still an open question, what happens once these distribution deals expire? We don't, it's not a plan of, okay, we're going to bait and switch somebody where they got to play on the cloud, or that in two or three years we're going to pull the game. Our intent is that we would continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation as long as that made sense. There's been chatter that the UK's Competition and Markets Authority could ask Microsoft to somehow divest from Call of Duty, which Microsoft has said is a non-starter. 
In the US, the FTC has sued to block the deal, which doesn't mean it's dead, but it does mean that the deal's fate will now go before a judge. EU regulators have until April 11th to rule on the acquisition. The UK's deadline is April 26th. Whatever happens, this is one of the biggest single forks in the road in the history of the gaming industry. Let's see what else is going on. The World Cup will expand from 64 games to 104 games. That corresponds with an increase from 32 to 48 teams. Initially, they are going to do 16 groups of three, which would mean that some teams would only play two games and there could be incentives for teams to collude, but now they are going to a more familiar format with groups of four. For a while, FIFA was trying to make the World Cup every two years instead of four. UEFA seems to have shut that down, so instead, FIFA is just going to make the World Cup bigger. Diamond Sports Group officially filed for bankruptcy, and yet they say they will still continue to operate their 19 regional sports networks. We'll see if that happens, but in the meantime, baseball fans who are expecting to not have to deal with local streaming blackouts are going to have to wait a little longer. We'll do a deeper dive on that whole situation soon. And Alex Rodriguez says he has the cash to complete his acquisition of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx. A-Rod's ability to follow through on the acquisition has been called into question, but for now his representatives say, don't worry, everything will be fine. Up next, I had a really fun conversation with entrepreneur and former NFL player Andrew Hawkins. Hawk developed a virtual reality game so that people can experience life as an NFL player. We'll have that conversation right after this. Two thousand, two thousand eight, twenty twenty two. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain: it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over thirty one thousand businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on Netsuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. Netsuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, Netsuite. Netsuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improve their visibility and control when they upgraded to Netsuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash frontoffice right now. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. Okay, I'm very excited to be joined right now by Andrew Hawkins, former NFL player and co-founder and president of Status Pro, which produces the VR game NFL Pro Era. Welcome, Hawk. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. So uh, let's start with with the game, NFL Pro Era. Uh, where did the idea come from and, and what is the game? Just to describe to our listeners what happens when you play. Absolutely. So, you know, our company, Status Pro, we make training and gaming software. Uh, we actually started off as a training company where we would take the NGS data that players wear on Sundays and we would recreate 3D simulations for uh, players and NFL teams to do walkthroughs against and basically get a lot of mental reps without putting the wear and tear on their body. From there, I mean, a lot of the players would put the headsets on or they would, you know, experience the um, experience in a 
on a projection wall and they would have fun in it because it's kind of this interactive, you know, rep experience. And we're like, man, if, if NFL players are having fun, imagine what a fan is going to think about this. Um, and that's how we got to the consumer product. And, and we started to develop NFL Pro Era, which is the first VR NFL simulation game ever. Um, and the first simulation game outside of Madden in the last 18 years. And in the experience, you become the NFL quarterback. We've unlocked the last layer of access for fans and that's putting you on the field so you make the throws you make the decisions you pass and run for the touchdowns um and it's just a, a whole new way to experience uh the nfl game and you know it's been it's been a whirlwind over the last you know five to six months since launch but people have loved it and we're super excited about continuing to build on the experience yeah yeah very cool um and and you're, you're working with the nfl on this correct yeah, the NFL are, are are partners. Absolutely. Yeah, and so physically, if I was watching someone with a Quest headset on, uh, you know, from a safe distance away, what would I see a, a person doing? You would see them emulating what it's like to be a quarterback if they're playing NFL Pro Era. Now, the beauty of it is you can cast from a MetaQuest headset onto the television, so you can just see what the experience is inside their headset as they're doing it. But it's almost it's video games in a dynamic way. It's uh, you know, it's literally immersing you in an environment. It feels like you're on the NFL field. The sights, the sounds, the the hearing, everything going on. It feels like you're transported into this new world and just seeing the game from a whole new perspective. Yeah. And as as a former player, um, what are some of the things that you think this game can can bring to fans that, you know, something like Madden or just watching a football game you, you don't get? Yeah, everything has been like from this godlike mode, right? Like where you're watching the game from a broadcast. And um, as a sports fan, you know, me and my co-founder, we're both former athletes. He was a Division One quarterback. Obviously, I played in the NFL. We both started our careers as walk-ons, and that's significant because we've always viewed the game from a fan's perspective, even though we earned our scholarships and ended up being on the other side of things. But so our whole lives, we've, we've seen the game like everyone else has seen the game from this broadcast point of view. And once we got to there, once Troy was a quarterback at Maryland, and once I got to the NFL, it was like, man, this is as cool as I thought it would be. And it was that moment and that tidbit of information. We're like, well, man, we we got to bring this to as many fans as possible. So the difference is you are on the field. You feel what it's like to be an NFL football player. You feel what it's like to be a quarterback of your favorite team. And you know, we've always told ourselves we want to democratize what that experience is like. And that's what NFL Pro Era does. Yeah. And so through this, you've gotten somewhat immersed in the metaverse, which I think is a concept that not everyone really knows what to make of, like how seriously to take it, you know, what, what it is. And you are on Meta's show, Are We There Yet?, which is in the metaverse. So uh, just talk to us a little bit about, you know, being on the show and also like just getting immersed in the metaverse, which is kind of a buzzword right now. Yeah, it is a buzzword, and I think I, th I think the beauty of of you know the metaverse um, and specifically the Oculus Quest, which is obviously our number one platform um, for the game so far, it's that this is this is technology that's happening now. I know, like for people that haven't experienced it yet, um, it feels like oh, this is the future. Like no, this is the now. When you put the headset on now, as a football fan, you will get an experience that you never thought was possible, and so. On the show, Are We There Yet? I got to sit down with Kiki Palmer, who is the most talented person on planet Earth, in my opinion. And, and we got to talk about that. And we, you know, we dove really deep of how we got to where we are as a company. But more importantly, how this experience um, 
will really transcend sports and in, 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 in the fan experience and, and how deeply they are connected to the sports that they love and watch. One thing that you mentioned on the show that I thought was very cool is that you're working with technologies like eye tracking so that if someone is mobility impaired, they could still potentially play this game. Yeah, no, the accessibility is, is like honestly been the thing I think Troy and I have valued the most, right? Because again, we, we're football players, but we are not, you know, we weren't five star blue chip recruits or draft picks, you know, so there's there, we had physical limitations even for what we're trying to do. But beyond that, for anybody who has not been born with the actual ability to play football, but have always wanted to experience that, that's what the metaverse and the Oculus Quest provides. And to your point, some of our best players in NFL pro era are, you know, mobility impaired. And, you know, we have people in wheelchairs who, who are literally the best players we have in our game. And that accessibility is what inspires us most because now we're giving an experience to people that never thought it was possible. And there's just not a lot of opportunities to do that in sports um, or even in general. Right. So I think that's just very, very special. Uh, on kind of the other end of it. Uh, so I last year I, I wrote a feature for Front Office Sports um, about uh, fitness and virtual reality, and it was maybe the most fun I've had writing a piece for us. Because not just because I got to play a bunch of Beat Saber and, and call it work, um, but um, well, talk to me about that end. Do you see a future a future of like for VR in the fitness world where people are working out, but you know they're they're on the Himalayas or something? No question, no question. The, the the movement is like the true blend of what call it what people call esports, right? Like you play video games, um, and you know most people that are playing on the console, you're sitting there on a couch, you're using your remote control, um, and then there's like the actual sports, right? There's sports gaming, there's the actual sports of you playing. This is like the perfect blend, because yes, it's a video game, yes, it's a simulation, yes, you are immersed into a different virtual world, but you're having to actually you know, throw the football and, and, you know, use your head and, and literally get going and add the more energy you put into it, um, the more you get out of the experience. So I absolutely think fitness is always going to be one of the biggest use cases um, for the metaverse and specifically in VR um, because it truly blends that nature in a way that is, you know, the, the natural evolution of games. But I think it's 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 one for the better. Yeah, the one of the big takeaways from that article um, that talking to researchers in that space is that you can get all the benefits of fitness and more like you can be in a responsive environment. The one catch is that it's really hard to get people to think that they're working out because they're also playing a video game like their heart rate could be at their max for you know a long time. And then they'll be like, well, didn't get any exercise today. I was just playing video games. I'm also curious, jumping back to the the training element of this um, T talk to me a little bit more about how this can help an actual NFL player who obviously does have that experience on the field. Absolutely. So I, th I think the big misconception of, of being a professional athlete is that it's it's purely physical. People don't realize the, the cognitive abilities that you need to perform at that level and your ability to process information. And like anything, processing information happens um, once you've seen something in repetition. And so a lot of times when you're practicing in the NFL, you know, in a typical day of the NFL, I'm, I'm working from I get in at maybe 6.30 or 7 a.m. And I'm typically there till 6 or 6.30 p.m. at night. And people think, oh, man, that's a lot of practice. No, you practice for roughly an hour and 15 minutes. The rest of that is is film. It's it's walkthrough. It's, you know, looking um, over your playbooks. It's doing all the mental things that need to happen for you to make the best decision in a split second. That's what VR and our training product specifically 
give to players. It's like, hey, you don't need to go have 22 other players with you on a field. You don't need a coach there. You don't need to be, you know, putting the wear and tear on your body, running routes, getting yourself tired, and maybe not putting yourself in the physical, op- the optimal physical shape for a game. You can do this in VR where you are still having to make those split second decisions. And the more you see something, the better you're able to make those decisions quicker and diagnose them at different stages. So that's what our training product does. And I think that's why, you know, not only players, teams, front offices all see the benefit of the technology we're continuing to iterate on. Yeah, right. Because so much of sports is mental because you have to make these split second decisions and you can't like process everything that, you know, you can't process everything from scratch. So the the more you've got that mental muscle memory, the more you can, uh, you know, make the better decisions, I guess. It, it, it's literally everything. If you ever wonder why, you know, maybe a college superstar doesn't pan out professionally or someone who is the best in high school doesn't pan out in college, it's because the higher you go, the level, the more level the playing field is physically. So what is a differentiator? The differentiators are your ability to process, your ability to spit out decisions and your ability to see things before everybody else sees them. And typically those players are the ones that rhyme to, rise to the top. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. I, I love talking about this stuff. Huck, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. That's it for today. Send us your thoughts and ideas at today at frontofficesports.com or leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and we'll see you tomorrow.